0: Bucks, never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's C Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, the fan. Beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I just saw a thing from Mark Baden on Channel 12, our meteorologist here in Milwaukee on Channel 12, uh, says it's going to be hot uh, by Wisconsin standards coming up uh, in the beginning part of March, but warns everybody, do not plant flowers just because it's going to be warm. We're not out of this yet, but still... I mean, for those of us that are normally, you know, talking 20s and 15s in February to have you know, several 50 degree days. And now we go into March with 60 degree weekend right off the bat this weekend. Pretty excited. Not only is the weather warm, the Bucks are warm. They take care of the Hornets 111 to 99 back to back wins uh, over the Hornets undefeated out of the all-star break are the Milwaukee Bucks. Nathan Marzian, my co-host, is here. Follow him at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio as we live stream this bad boy on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Download us on the Odyssey app where we download your favorite podcast at. Nathan, I'll come to you first. The Hornets suck. So how much do we really read into what we've seen the last couple of games from the Milwaukee Bucks?
1: I mean, you got to read a little bit into it because this was something that the bucks couldn't do before this was something that they struggled to do before was beat bad teams get up against bad teams you know pummel bad teams and it was like um you know going into these two games i was more nervous than i was for the the game against minnesota or the game against philly because i just felt like okay those games they'll they'll look good they'll get up for them they'll be their best um and these two, you're just like, they might come out lackadaisical. They might come out and play bad defense. They might look like they did against the Grizzlies, you know, before the all-star break or the heat where they just, you know, can't get any stops and they just look, you know, disinterested. But both these games, they came out, they played good defense, held them under 100 both times. Um, and, you know, Dame shot is looking a lot better from outside. Obviously Giannis is doing his thing. And just overall, this team is shooting well from outside. You know we're seeing Malik Beasley get red hot again, so that's great to see. Um, I just think there's plenty of good things to to take from these two games, even with them coming against the Hornets, who they dominated all season long. But like for the, for them to be able to, to two games in a row, you know, dominate this team pretty much start to end. I know this end up only being a 12 point win, but they were up pretty much 20 throughout. And if they can come out and you know, I, I expect them to not be quite as dominant against the Bulls uh tomorrow, being that it's a back to back and the Bulls are better than the Hornets. But um if they can come out and still, you know, control that game and get another win against a team that they should beat, you know, then again, that's three games in a row that they were able to do something that they haven't really been able to do much um, you know, at all prior to this. So yeah, it's it's just good to see and good to see them kind of clicking and again Dame getting his shot back and even Bobby looks a little bit better. Pat's looking better from three. You know, it's, just, it's its good to see everything kind of gelling a little bit.
0: See, and, and that's the thing, right? So when we talk about where the Bucks are and all the scrutiny Doc Rivers was under going into the All-Star break about being 3-7, and seven, and God, this team is awful, and they were better with Adrian Griffin, and they fired Adrian Griffin for no reason, a lot of that on National Talk, uh, talking about how they fired Griffin for no reason. Uh, and now you look at it and you say, okay, we're starting to see a semblance of what we expected to see at the beginning of the year. This is what the team should have looked like, you know, from the word jump. Defensively is where they've taken the biggest steps, right? And transition defense uh, is the first aspect of where they've taken the biggest jump.
1: Yeah, of course, it starts with the defense, um, and I mean, under Doc, I think it's basically since since Griffin got fired, so it includes the three games with Prunty. I think they're now fourth or third in defense overall, um, and they are in the top 10 or top seven-ish. in. Yeah, I in got it right
0: here. Coming into tonight, since Doc Rivers took over, the Bucks' defensive ranks, fifth in defensive rating, fourth in opponent points in the paint, second in opponent fast break points, first in the NBA and opponents' uh, field goals less than six feet from the rim. They were in the bottom half in all those before Doc Rivers took over.
1: Yeah. I mean, that says it all, you know, that, and, and in that stretch, it's not like they've played no good teams. You know, they, they've gone against the nuggets twice with, with doc rivers. They've gone against the Mavs. They went against the Pelicans. They went against the Cavs, They went against like they've, the the, Minnesota,
0: like you said. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They played Minnesota. They've played plenty of good teams in that stretch. Phoenix, like it's, this hasn't just been a cakewalk of all games against, you know, the Spurs, Pistons and Hornets the whole time. So for them to put up those type of defensive performances. And this is why people were prior to those two games, you know, like like we were very, you know, bullish on them prior to those two games before the all-star break, where they looked really bad against Miami and really bad against the Grizzlies prior to that, even though they were losing games under doc and they didn't have a good record, the defense was playing well and people could, you could see that, like you could see, Hey, this defense looks better. This defense guys are trying harder. They're right. You know, it, they have injuries and they're still only allowing 110, 115. Like that's much better than before. But people that aren't watching the games, people that aren't paying as much attention, just look at it and say, oh, they're three and seven. They've sucked under Doc Rivers. And it's like, no, 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 that's not necessarily the case. And now we're kind of seeing the whole thing come together where the offense is not catching back up and the defense is staying at that level. And yeah, I mean, again, they've taken the two things that they completely were – um you know, that, that were their weakness, which were points in the paint and um, fast break points. And they've turned them into huge strengths right now. So for doc to be able to do that has been, uh, has been huge. And I think just the way he's used Brooke Lopez, you know, turning him back into a, a super elite defender. I, I was always on the, the camp that, you know, it wasn't Brooke himself. That was the, like a problem defensively. It was more the scheme and the the personnel and all that stuff. And just not, you know, putting him in a good position. And We've seen since, you know, Doc took over how good Brooke has been on the defensive end and they're keeping him around the rim more and using him the way he's meant to be used. And it's like, wow, you're, you know, coaching to your players strengths like that's amazing. You know, I can't believe it. But um, yeah, it's just, again, great to see them clicking on that end
0: and the offensive side. uh, One of my favorite moments of this game, Brooke Lopez. Blowing by Grant Williams with a little dump-off pass for an easy basket. I I love seeing Grant Williams get abused uh, in any game, anytime he gets beat. Because as we all know, you and I both don't like Grant Williams. So that's always fun. And to see him on a losing team also makes me smile uh, as well, watching Grant Williams lose a bunch of basketball games. Okay, the other part of this, and I saw you tweeted this out. Uh, And again, if you want numbers, Nathan Marzion is your guy when it comes to Bucks basketball. Like nobody has more numbers at his fingertips than Nathan Marzion. And Nathan also is the president of the Giannis fan club, I would say for the most part. And this dude here came came up with some stats on Giannis shooting three. And I just started laughing. I read it. I was like, oh, my God that's really funny and it was funny but i'll let you go go ahead and and give the numbers if you have them otherwise i saved the tweet i can give the numbers if you don't have them uh and it it was comical because he is shooting the ball better from three like there's no question he's shooting the ball better uh but when you put it into perspective the way you did really makes you understand uh how much better he's shooting it
1: yeah so i i just looked at his number it's this is three point percentage since january 24th so this is about a, a little over a month um and he's at 41.7%. And that has now gone up because he went two for two tonight. Right. So um that's even higher. But that's higher than Donovan Mitchell, Luca, Trey Young, Devin Booker, Tyrese Maxey, Halliburton, Tatum, Clay Thompson, Bradley Beal, Jalen Brunson, Kevin Durant, Dame, Jokic, De'Aaron Fox, Paul George, Jalen Brown. That's obviously, the
0: caveat in all of this that Marzian does not put in a tweet is he probably no, has taken this, several less three-pointers than all of those other dudes no, have this, this uh, in, just in that sad. same
1: month's time. This is just a stat that says Giannis is a better shooter than those guys. He's just a better shooter. No, no, of course, of course, it's, it's, you know, I said, it's tongue in cheek and it's, it's obviously he's taking, he's taking basically two per game, less than two per game. But to me, it's perfect right now. It's, it's, he almost could be taking, he almost could be taking one more per game, but like for him to be shooting well and taking not many is perfect. You're like, okay, like he goes, it feels like every game right now, he's going one for one, one for two, two for two, like that's perfect. That's like, that's exactly what you want, where he's completely still focusing on getting down low, getting to his spots, but like every now and then, and the ones he's taking are wide open, good threes. They're not dumb threes. They're not super early in the shot clock when, you know, you need a bucket. They're like, okay, he can afford to take one right now. And he's got a pretty good look at it. He takes it and he's making them. And it's absolutely awesome. I mean, he's now, Six for his last eight from three um, in the last three, four, five, six games. And yeah, I mean, since, but this this does go back a little bit further than that too. I mean, this is all the way since January 3rd now. He is. Oh,
0: you took it back almost a full month more.
1: Yeah, since January 3rd, he's about 38%. That's pretty damn good for him. I mean, yeah, that's, so that's, a, that's I mean, serious. two months. This is two months of, of like, and again, it's, I mean, he's still obviously going to have plenty of games where he's 0 for 3, 0 for 2, but like. I just don't want win, 0
0: for 5 or 0 for yeah, 6. Like, don't I don't be, want him
1: taking that many. Exactly. And the, the only way I'd ever be okay with him taking that many is if he starts like tonight, if he starts 2 for 2, okay, you've earned the right to take another one. You've, you, you know, right. if you're, if you hit them, you're, you've earned another one, but it's like, don't be 0 for 2 and you're jacking up another 3. Don't be 0 for 4 and you're jacking up another 3. But yeah, I mean it's it's a nice little stretch here from him of three point shooting. And I think it's just completely, you know, taking his game to an even more unguardable level where it's like, you know, everyone knows how good he's been this season in the paint and just overall, like with what he's been doing. And for him to now be knocking down threes is like, holy crap, you know, he's hitting forty percent from three. Like this is insane. So um, yeah, just another awesome thing to see, you know, and Obviously, again, I, I mean, I mentioned now Dame is starting to hit his threes again, which we kind of expected at some point would happen. You know, he's not yeah. going to shoot 30% all season. He's now 44% since the All-Star break, so that's good. Um, yeah, it's just everything's kind of clicking.
0: All right, let's talk about another uh, thing uh, in this game that came up. I saw on a tweet, and again, people have been tweeting this since he's been here. Uh, it's really picked up steam, I think, in the last couple of weeks, but uh, my buddy Trey Cosby the third, you know Trey on, on Twitter? Do you know yep. him at all? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I love Trey. We've gone back and forth for years. Uh, he says, it's so funny watching Dame not get these calls that other guys get nightly, man. LOL. I just don't understand. Let's try to make some sense of this, shall we? Um, I, I'll start first. I just don't think they are going to give him the calls because Giannis gets so many. Because he gets the free throw line so much. I think part of this is they don't want two guys on the same team going to the line 10, 12 times piece every single game. And unfortunately for Lillard, when he was in Portland, there wasn't anybody else. So they were comfortable making those calls and him being the only one that got to the line. I mean, if you think about it, Milton never got to the line a ton, necessarily. Holiday didn't get to the line a ton, uh, hardly ever, really. I mean, so those guys really never got to the line a ton. Uh, And I don't, maybe you can go back and tell me, um, because you're the numbers guy on this podcast. uh, The last time an NBA team had two players averaging 10 or more free throws a game. Uh I I don't I don't know who, who that would even be if we go back and look. Um, because when Wade and Shaq were together in Miami, I Shaq was towards the end. So I don't even know back then how many average free throws he was averaging. That would probably be the my closest guess, maybe. Uh Kobe and Shaq, maybe, but 10 free throws a game is a lot. Um, and so that that's why I, I think part of this is, and again, this just is my thought that they're not gonna blow the whistle for Lillard the way they did in Portland because there's Giannis and he's going to get the whistle before Lillard because two-time MVP the whole deal Uh, so he's going to get more of that respect than Lillard does kind of going forward now maybe that whistle changes in the playoffs maybe then they'll start giving him that whistle once we get to the playoffs but in the regular season that's the only justification I have I have no other justification that's all I've got in my brain Marzion you tell me what you got in your brain
1: yeah. It, it, he did really have a good whistle to start the season. It felt like it, it seemed like he was getting a lot of the calls. He was getting to the line a ton and, um, you know, and, and again, just cause he's not getting to line as much. I'm not saying that's just a matter of him not getting calls. Some of it is he's taking a little bit more jumpers lately. He's been staying more on the outside, but it just, and I, yeah, it just, it, it's felt like lately, you know, the last couple months, it's like, he just hasn't gotten all those whistles. It seems like he's getting bumped quite a bit on these drives and, um, yeah, just, just not getting those calls. And I think, I do think that having Giannis, as you said, makes a difference with the, with the refs where they're like, we already know they have a guy that gets to line a ton. We're not going to, you know, again, the other guy is not going to get the benefit of the doubt on these close ones. Whereas, you know, I think if Dame's still in Portland, they're more comfortable giving him these calls because he is the the star player. He's the guy getting to the line a lot, you know, and, and really the only guy getting to the line a lot. So um you know, I, I don't hate it, though. I don't hate that he's gotten a few less calls because I do think in the playoffs it probably gets stricter, if anything, the uh, the, the whistle does. So kind of like that he's going to have to get used to um, dealing with that a little bit and used to, like, scoring without always getting to the line. Because, you know, at the beginning of the season, it was like, okay, he's shooting pretty horribly, but he's getting to the line a ton. Well, that's good. You know, I like that he can do that, but in the playoffs, you might not always be able to rely on that. If they're calling things stricter, if you're, um, you know, just not able to get those calls. So, um, you know, it, this could help down the road. If, if this is how it's going to be called in the playoffs, he gets more used to um, how to deal with it. And, you know, tonight, I thought there were a couple times he could have gone to the line. Overall, this was a tough game for him to score in because they were doubling him on every single pick and roll. They were completely blitzing him. Um, he only took, I think 14 shots. And so this was a tough night for him to score overall. You know, I I didn't kind of pretty quickly in this game. I kind of saw, I was like, I don't think he's going to score a ton because of how they're defending him. So um, I didn't mind that he didn't get to the line or get many um, shot attempts tonight, but I thought it opened, he opened things up, just his presence for everyone else allowed them to hit a ton of threes. So um, yeah, but again, I think in the long run this could be good that he gets used to dealing with this type of whistle.
0: When Doc Rivers took over this basketball team, he was asked about Bochamp, Andre Jackson. Nobody really brought up AJ Green, but it was mainly those two guys. Uh, And Doc Rivers said, well, one of them is going to have to play minutes here for us to do what we want to do this year. Uh, And AJ Green kind of was that guy for a little bit, and then that's gone. Now it's just garbage time for the most part for AJ Green. Are, are we looking at what we think is going to be what this Bucks team is going to look like now here going into playoffs? So you're simply just not going to see Jackson, Bochamp, and A.J. Green in this rotation uh, come playoff time. And what Doc wanted to do is simply not going to happen. They're not going to get these guys playoff minutes unless it's a blowout one way or the other.
1: I mean, probably. I, I don't mind Bochamp not playing. I don't think anyone should be complaining too much about that. Andre Jackson... I, I mind it a little more in the regular season. Cause I just want to see him get some reps and like get an, a sense of what you have in him. Um, Cause you know, again, he has those stretches where he looks good defensively and there's definitely moments where you're like, it can't hurt too much to just throw him out there, you know, but when their defense is playing well, it makes more sense. Like they've been playing better defense. So you don't need him as much when they were struggling defensively, you know, again, that Mavs game or the, that Grizzlies game before the all-star break where they, in that third quarter, the Grizzlies are making everything. It's like, Throw him out there, see what you can get out of him. Like in a in a game where you're struggling defensively, I want to see them do that. But, um, you know, I'm not gonna act like Andre Jackson's like this. Oh my God, they need to play him more because, like, let's be honest, he has been inconsistent. He doesn't look like he's completely ready. So whatever. And then AJ Green's the one that I want to see play more. But again, at the same time, if Pat's gonna play like he has lately, you understand a little bit more Pat Connaughton playing over him. You know, because before it was like. There's no reason to be playing Pat over AJ Green. Well, lately, Pat's hitting his threes, playing better defense. He just seems to be, you know, playing better overall. Okay. I understand it a little bit more. You want to kind of go to the with the experienced guy. Like you want to, as Doc said earlier, like he was like, we're going to need him later. You know, we're going to need him. So we got to get him ready. We got to get him playing time, get him reps, all that. I think Doc just knows which guys are his front runners and which guys are like the ones that he's going to be going to. And it's like, well, if we're going to go to them later, we might as well play them now. Like there's no point in giving reps to guys. You're not going to play much later because you want to be as prepped as you can be for the playoffs. So um, I think that's how he's looking at it. Again, I'm not saying that's what I would do. I would still be giving these guys some playing time, you know, give them some stretch, but he's obviously, I don't think going to do that. So it looks like it's going to be largely, you know, Pat, Pat Bev, Gallinari, um, Bobby, you know, that's kind of the bench unit, Jay Crowder. So yeah.
0: Tell me what Gallinari has added to this team since he's been here.
1: Nothing. Not yet. That's
0: right. Not a damn thing. He's a body that runs up and down the floor, back and forth we go. We just watch him run, back and forth. I mean, he's burning calories, so that's good.
1: He, I mean, he's obviously, he's got a little bit of size, and if he can start to hit his shots a little bit, you have that. But I don't – I mean, again, even when they got him, I didn't expect this to be some type of, you know – game changing uh well's gonna
0: doc's gonna play him
1: he's gonna get minutes i mean doc's gonna play
0: him now he's gonna play him in the playoffs doc's gonna play this dude one way or the other and if he's gonna play like you said a he better shoot uh and shoot well and b if he's not gonna shoot well then he better rebound the damn basketball it's gonna be one or the other
1: yes but but also I mean I he has played I mean in, in his four games so far he's played five nine fifteen and seven minutes So it's not like he's played – and the 15 was because it was a total blowout. So I think he stayed in for most of that fourth quarter. And even tonight, those seven minutes, some of them came in the fourth. So, I mean, this isn't like he's getting, you know, a a huge role or anything. But I do think he's going to be a guy that, again, kind of just as backup minutes, like if you need five minutes, he's going to be throwing him out there. So, yeah, I mean, again, I want to see him start to hit some shots. I don't expect him to give you a ton defensively, but at least be able to, like, rebound or be – you know, present as a, as a big body down low. But, um, you know, again, I doc's just going to, I think, go with those experienced guys. I think coaches just have guys that they're like, we, I know what I can get out of him if if he's playing well. I know I've seen it before. So it makes you more comfortable than rolling with guys that you're just like, they've never been in this situation. They don't know, this isn't, this is an unknown. I don't think coaches like experienced coaches, especially, I don't think like doing that and rolling with the young guys. So I think we got to get used to just like them going with the guys that, you know, are more trustworthy in air quotes, you know, because again, we don't know for sure yet that they're going to be trustworthy come playoff time. But, you know, if you're, if you're starting, if you're just blind, blindly picking players based on, you know, the past or based on resume, you're going to go with the guy, Pat Connaughton, who has been in the NBA finals, who has shot 40 something percent from three in the last three playoffs and has been in all these big moments. You're going to go with Gallinari, who's a vet. You're going to go with Jay Crowder, who's been a longtime defender and three-point shooter in the playoffs. You're going to go with those guys based on resume over any of these young guys. Like, and Unless they show some huge, huge pop or promise, you're going to probably end up just going with those guys. And so that's what I'm just kind of got to get used to Doc doing that.
0: Uh, One other thing here before uh, we get to our next topic, because you and I have not done a show since this article came out. Your thoughts on the Dame Lillard "I'm Lonely" uh, uh, article? Lillard came out, I think it was on Instagram or something, and said, "Y'all just chill out, I'm fine. Like, I'm good. No worry. No need to worry about me. I'm good." Uh, What did you make of the "I'm I'm Lonely" comments uh, by Dame Lillard, Nathan?
1: He misses his family. I mean, it's not him. Like he said, right? Like that's why he's like everyone's blown out of proportion because it wasn't him saying, "I hate Milwaukee. This place sucks." He was saying. I mean, he he can't bring his family with because he's now divorced. So he's just like, I don't have people around me. I don't have, you know, I just, I go back and I'm kind of by myself. And like,
0: let's not act like the dude's not rolling out to the clubs. I mean, he's still going out clubbing and doing his thing with these other guys on this team. It ain't like he's just holed up in his, in yeah, his home room or his apartment, just chilling like, man, I can't go out with the guys, man. I'm too lonely. I no, can't but do we're, nothing. Yeah. I mean, he's still doing his thing with his teammates, and he's no. got people to hang out with. Now, I agree with you. He's missing picking up his kids from school and missing that. Yes, I agree. But let's not act like the man is like not being social with anybody and just hold up the in between practice and games. He doesn't leave us, leave it where he's living. Like that's just not no. the case.
1: No, but, but he, I think he just means on a day to day, hour to hour basis, you know, cause before it's like in his free time, he was with his family. He was with right. people. Like he was yeah. just, he wasn't alone. He wasn't ever like by himself. It was like, he's always just, even if he's chilling at home, he's got people around. And now it's like, well, he's chilling at his apartment and he's got nobody around. So it's just different. It's just a different feeling, and I mean, I don't even if he came out and said, you know, this place hasn't been that fun, Milwaukee a, as a city. Well, okay, he's been here November, December, January. What do you expect? Yeah, this but it like, has
0: been warmer for us. I mean, from that yeah, it has. Well. has. He had a nice and, winter to deal with. To be fair,
1: it's like I and I'm. I mean, again, I don't think he cares because he's from Portland. It's not like he's from a a, a super you know like Arizona nice area. Yeah, but um. You know, if, or if he was coming from Miami, you could see him being like, man, this place kind of sucks. But it, it's like, I don't, I, I didn't expect him to be like, oh man, Milwaukee is amazing, like in November, December, January. No, like I think, I think if we can get his thoughts on this, we got to get him on the Thanassus podcast later in the summer to see, well, like, Malik hey, how are- Beasley,
0: Millie yeah. Beasley giving all kinds of love to Milwaukee. Man, yeah. it felt like a family, you know, and I got a family, and it all just made sense. We're a big family. Dude, they offered you more money than anybody else. Stop with this. I mean, why can't people just be honest about stuff? Man, they, they offered me more money than NASA's. That's why I came. That, I mean, that's it. I mean, laugh all you want, but that's why I came. I got a chance at the ring. They gave you, offered me more money than anybody else did. So that's why I came to Milwaukee. We, I mean, we off really and they felt like a family. Well, how much else did anybody else offer them? Did somebody offer we got them million a million. It year? was a minimum. It you was a, a minimum. Dude, it, go look at whatever he made. Who else offered him more is my point. So if it's if it's looking around and going, well, I could make 12 million a year over here, or I could go play for significantly less in Milwaukee with my family. Yeah, I'll go play in Milwaukee. Like I don't believe it to be I, I just
1: But and, no no I don't think he was gonna get 12, but I think someone else could have given him the minimum and he chose he was I think he said in a on a podcast, no, no hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually because okay, go I think because I think he he said in a podcast earlier this year where he said I had And he could be lying, but I buried like these things. Someone, someone could easily call him out for lying. So I don't think he would lie about this. I think he said LA offered him 6 million to come back or something like that. And he said, I took a little bit or 5 million. I don't know what it was for. And he took the minimum to, to come here. So, um, you know, again, I don't think he was going to, and he mentions in that podcast, you know, I play with LeBron, I play with guys, whatever the case may be. And
0: this felt like a family, uh, to, to Malik Beasley, which is, which is good. I mean, that's good. Yeah. That's good PR for the Bucs.
1: No, for sure. And I, yeah, I, I just, I don't think this was a case of him taking more money because he didn't make, he's not making a ton of money. No, he's, he's he not. And for me, I'm like, he, if he's making a minimum with us, he could make a minimum. I think, on, I think almost anyone would have given him a minimum, you know, to come play for them and be like, if they needed a spot, if they needed a shooter, like any team would be like, sure, throw a minimum at Malik Beasley. But, uh, you know, I, when you're talking about, Okay, what teams? If you're a if you're a you know catch and shoot three point shooter in this league, what teams are ideal for you to play on? I mean, the Bucks are top three, if not number one, uh, uh, just with the fact that you know you have Giannis there that is going to be giving you great looks, and you know it's going to be a perfect spot for you. And he had said too, he's like, I saw um, the track record of players that had gone through there, you know, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, all those guys that went there as spot up shooters and really thrived and, and were able to take their shooting to even another level. So he's like, it just felt like it was a good spot for me. Um, so again, I think that Milwaukee's built that reputation of like, and Giannis has built that reputation of like, if you're a shooter, go play with that dude and you're going to raise your three point percentage by 5%, you know, and and you're going to play better. Um, so yeah.
0: You know, that's the thing too. Um, he see, and again, we don't know him. You don't know him. I don't know him. Um, seems like a good dude. I mean, you don't really know him, but like the little shimmy shake that he does, horsing around in practice and stuff that you see that gets out leaked out one way or the other social media wise. Seems like a good dude. Seems like a fun teammate uh, to be around. Uh, all right. Uh, quick last topic here. How much better are you feeling about the Bucks championship chances now after how they've come out of the all-star break playing well? I'll start. Hasn't changed my opinion at all. Doc Rivers still has to coach him in the playoffs, um, so it hasn't changed my opinion as far as what this team is going to look like in the playoffs. Because I said when they made Doc the Doc hiring, they will play better than they did under Griffin. They will look good under Doc Rivers. The problem will be like Bud. Once you get to the playoffs, that's when things are going to go sideways, and we're all going to be mad. Uh, so for me, it hasn't changed anything. Your thoughts?
1: For me, I mean, I took it from I it probably took me from like a, on a confidence level zero to ten, ten being. I cannot be any more confident they're winning the title zero being they have zero chance. I probably was a five before where I was like, they can do it. I'm, I'm not, not confident, but like they just, they haven't shown they can do it consistently. They haven't shown they can reach that potential, but you kind of knew the potential was there. So I was more like a five seeing them out of the all-star break, start to put it together consistently. And Dame starting to look a little bit better and everything starting to kind of gel the defense. I mean, I'm probably up to a six or seven, uh, six and a half. You know, I would say it's definitely taken me just to see that consistency, to see sure. them, to see them put it together. Uh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, you know, it, it's raised my confidence a little bit. But of course, I'm never going to be super, super overly confident because the playoffs are a whole different story. You know, last year we saw them have, and several years under Bud, we saw them have regular season dominance and look like man, nobody's going to touch them you know, in the playoffs and they get bounced before the finals. And it's like, you just know, it's a whole different game. It's a whole different animal. Um, And so it's like, you want to be playing good ball. You want to get things stringed together consistently. You want to get, you know, these guys playing well, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to how you play for those two and a half months.
0: Will Doc Rivers being the coach not allow you to get to 10?
1: Not before the playoffs. No. I I mean, again, no matter who's the coaches, I would never be at a 10. I I don't, I don't care if you're, I don't care if you're 82 and Oh, I wouldn't be a 10. I'd be like, I'd be a nine. I'd be like, I I'm very confident, but, and you know, you just know that man, like things can change quickly in a seven game series. It changes. And especially in the league today, you know, with the three point shooting, you can all of a sudden face a team where, they hit a ton of threes on you in the first two games and you're down 2-0. And it's like, man, you know, and that just changes the entire thing. So I, I just never will be like at that point where I'm like, this team is 100, like they're winning the title. It'll be like, I think I feel really good. I think this team has a good shot. I I like their chances, but I, I, I won't get there. And yeah, with Doc as the coach, it adds even more, you know, uh, doubt because we just have seen him struggle in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, for a long, 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 long time. Uh, and playoff Nathan Marzian is so much fun doing these podcasts with because he he gets on the emotional roller coaster when we get to the playoff series, buddy. And it is a lot of fun. I cannot not wait. Not win or
1: lose, it's not. It is not fun I, when you losing. I,
0: I cannot wait. Uh, at Nathan Marzion at Sparky Radio, thanks for tuning in and checking us out on the uh, Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Download us on the Odyssey app where we download your favorite podcast app. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. Toodles.